Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa and I'm your host. Today I'm talking with a local, I want to say local, she's about an hour and a half away from me, um, farmer Sarah. And Sarah is just amazing. Um, I met her a couple years ago at Dirtbag Ales um, Brewery in Fayetteville, North Carolina, or Hope Mills, basically, it's right outside of Fayetteville, it's right off of I-95, um, and we just kind of clicked, and I really love her family, I love the whole purpose behind, I started following her on Instagram, and then I followed her on Facebook, and then we became friends on Facebook, but I just love the whole little, um, how genuine and how authentic she is with her, about her farm, and talks, I mean, she's super open about talking to people, sharing their story, sharing what farming's like for them. And so I really thought it would be a great episode for her to come on and just share about what it's like to be a local, one of these local farmers, not one of those farmers that have like a ton, a ton of livestock that are working for a corporation, but a local farmer that every single solitary day, they're the ones out there doing the job. They're getting the, the animals fed. They're taking them to the processor. They're they're making sure that their animals are healthy. And, and so I wanted to make sure that I, because I'm a big proponent of farmers and supporting farmers, I wanted to make sure that I had some more farmers in my list on on this podcast. And so it was really great because she was able to tell her story her way. And I just love that. So I hope you really enjoy this episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. And you know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. guys welcome back to another episode of chats from the blog cabin i'm so excited to bring you this amazing person um the her farm is the only farm that i would travel an hour and a half out of my way during a pandemic to go visit (laughs) so introduce yourself and tell us what you do (laughs) oh my word that's an introduction Um, My name is Sarah Manessis. I am the co-owner of Purpose Driven Family Farms in Parkton, North Carolina. Um, We are a really a two-man operation, my husband and I, and technically my kids will count in, but you know, they're not, they help limited amounts, but they still, um, they coordinate into all our operations here. Um, We raise livestock. Um, I raise pigs, chickens for eggs, chickens for meat, turkey for meat, um, for like ground, and then Thanksgiving turkeys. I have sheep, I have goats, I have cows, because I think they're extremely funny. Um, oh my word, am I missing anything else? No, I think that's it. And soon to have uh, tilapia. <laughs> oh, wow. So how did you get into the farming thing? Because you guys weren't farmers to begin with, right? 
No, not at all. Um, my husband was um, AJ. He is. He was active duty for uh, 24 years. I, right before he hit 20 years, I asked. I'm like, okay, love, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he's like, oh, I'm thinking farming. I'm like what farming? You know that you know we don't have backgrounds. I think I have the most background in this because I was um, born and raised in Honduras, but he was born and raised in LA. So. <laughs> <laughs> you look at him and say, what the heck are you thinking? <laughs> exactly. So I told him, I was like, you know, let's sit on it for just a little bit to see if you change your mind. Cause you know, the, without the army was his whole life basically. So stepping out of it is a whole new different thing. Um, and things change all the time. And he said, no, he kept saying farming, farming. And I was like, um, well, let's, you know, let's, let's think about it some more. And I had a friend who was PCSing and he um, rigged this dog kennel on his trailer and had four chickens that he needed to get rid of. So he just pulled onto the property. I'm like, oh my goodness, Badu, what are you doing with, you know, this redneck looking trailer with this chicken coop that had shower curtains as walls <laughs> and four chickens. And that's how that originally started. It was all a hobby. Then AJ decided that um, he was going to bring piglets home and some sheep. He said, oh, the babe is going to clear the property. You won't have to worry about, you know, mowing. And because he was still active duty. So mm -hmm. his job required him to travel all the time. Um, so it was just, you know, me by myself at the house with the kids. So I figured I told him, I was like, you know, this is going to be just a me thing until you get done playing, you know, army. Um, yeah, he brought those piglets home and I'm like, what the heck are you doing? What am I going to do with this? Because I had zero knowledge. I went to school for business. <laughs> so you got piglets and then what else did you add after that? Um, more chickens. I love, love, love chickens. They are such funny characters. They just have funny characters. They're, uh, they're just fun to be around the minute they see you, you know, they know that, um, you're their human and they're just, they follow you. It's, I love it. So I added more chickens um, because we're, we have like, we back up to the woods. We've had predators. So we lost um, some of our chickens and we were, the kids and I were just devastated. And I'm like, I can't believe it. The kids had named them. This is when, when my kids were into star Wars. So everything was Kylo Ren Darth Vader, Chewbacca, <laughs> and <laughs> Princess Leia. It was, that was our chickens. Mm. But, and then now we are at um, about 75 pigs on property. Wow. Um, I have about almost 300 layers, about 150 chickens that I'm raising right now to have um, chicken, you know, meat, chicken mm -hmm. meat. I have about 20 turkeys that I'm raising for a ground turkey. I have nine goats that I we will be harvesting um, hopefully in the next month or so so that we can have goat meat. Yeah. And then one more cow, Connie is her name, and we are moving her around the property and just letting her eat all the grass that she can so that we can have grass-fed beef again. Wow. I mean, honestly, that's that's a big jump from being in the army and business major to farming. 
Did you ever think that you were never going to make it, that you were going to grow as big as you want grown? Never. I never did. It all started as a hobby until, you know, a lot of money was invested into it. And in the early 2019, I told AJ, I was like, okay, we have got to reevaluate all of this because um, if we're not, but if we're going to continue as a hobby, then we need to, you know, like we need to just lower production. We need to just back down so much. Um, if not, then we need to go full on and, you know, I'm going to step in and be head on with it. And he's like, okay, sure. Why not? I was like, okay, <laughs> like, all right now. And I jumped into farmer's markets introducing ourselves, introducing our product, mm -hmm. our methods. Um, it's very different how we do things and I'm okay with being different. I think it's fun and exciting to be different. Um, I've always just been like an oddball, just being different, you know, I think mm -hmm. it's fun. And so approaching farming in a different way has been very rewarding for us. Um, so it it's fun. I mean, I have a passion for, it. I love, love those animals. And never did I think I was going to be a farmer. Um, as you know, after he retired, it was when my career was supposed to start. Um, <laughs> well, it kind of did, but not in the way you thought it would start. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But yeah, it's it's been exciting. Um, you know, 2019 we did. We were doing. If I was asked to be at a market, I was like, sure. Uh, absolutely. I, you know, let's try it. Why not? And he would, he would always tell me, he's like, you're crazy. You know, and I'm like, I know, but we've got to see where this is going to lead. Um, and of course, you know, you're in farming is you don't get rich in farming. Mm -hmm. No, that's, uh, absolutely not. And, but these animals have to eat. Yeah. <laughs> they require food every day, whether or not you're making it. And, um, yeah, it's, from Raleigh to Fayetteville mm -hmm. to Hope Mills, we went in, met a lot of amazing, amazing people and, you know, have just connected with different farmers and just collaborating, a lot of collaborating, a lot of networking, a lot of helping each other out um, has just been a blessing, really, has been a blessing. But I won't say that there isn't many, many tears in those fields that I've just cried. I'm like, oh my God, I don't think we could do this. You know, and just a lot of praying and just asking for guidance and like, okay, are we in the right right direction? Are we doing the right thing? Um, because we were approaching farming is so different. We were looking at it more as a stewardship. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, that's that's our biggest thing. It's like, you know, we're, we have these talents and we all have a purpose. That's our biggest thing. It's like, we have this purpose. So let's fulfill that purpose and live it to the fullest, but not just for our, for us, you know, but also for God and just, mm -hmm. you know, showing how awesome he is and how many blessings he just continues to just pour on us as individuals, as a farm, as a family, mainly as a family, because it is a family affair to us. And if you see me at a market, you will more than likely mm -hmm. see my two little humans. Mm -hmm. um, either they're right by me or they're out playing somewhere and but they're always with me, you know, setting up, breaking down everything. Okay. I think that's where I didn't realize that you guys had just started when I first met you because I, I met you at the Dirtbag Ales Farmer Market that um, the Fayetteville Visitor Bureau was putting together 
a whole thing with a whole bunch of bloggers and that's how I met you and I we just connected and I was like hey I'm interested in learning more about your farm and you're like hey here's I think your husband was really more into it he's like yes here's our card talk to us more about this I really want to get our name out there you know and so I just well the Hispanic connection kind of <laughs> kind of hit it right there because of my husband but you know it's just you guys were just so open and so welcoming and I'm hoping one day still cross my fingers I'm hoping to get out there to your farm and go do the chores with you like we were oh. gonna do before the pandemic hit remember yeah I remember absolutely anytime you want to come over I'm all about having you know just sharing the process of all the feed it's it's intense because we do manually feed the animals twice a day and I have proportions for them because uh, I feel that, you know, we want these animals to be healthy mm -hmm. and <clears throat> overfeeding just is not the healthiest thing. It's just like, you know, for us humans, it's not healthy when we start overeating. Um, so it's the same thing with the animals. Uh, they're funny. Oh, my goodness. I love the pigs. I think the pigs are some of my favorite animals. They are just amazing little creatures. And yeah, they're fun. They're fun to play with. <laughs> So let's talk about purpose driven family farm, your name, because you were talking about being stewardship of the of the the land and doing it for the glory of God. So let's talk about the name. So in 2013, AJ and I were stationed. Well, he was stationed in Hawaii and we had talked about, you know, it's it goes back that far that he said he wanted to do farming. Um, I still, you know, as a hobby, really. So we started in Hawaii with aquaponics. We were. We were living in the suburbs in Hawaii and raising tilapia and growing produce in our small little tiny backyard. And we did, we thought about, okay, we need to think about a name for the business. Uh, and it was really important to us that it had a really, a really great meaning to it. Um, it wasn't just something that we wanted to just jump in, you know, and a couple of years and then jump out and be like, okay, we were done. That was, that was exciting, but I'm over it now. Um, during that time, we were doing uh, Purpose Driven Life, the book. Mm -hmm. we, we were reading it together um, as a couple, and we were just trying to figure out, you know, okay, what is really our purpose? What is it that we're meant to do on this earth? Um, and, you know, just a couple of things that always stood out to me, because we did it about two times, um, about kingdom building. Mm -hmm. And, you know, building wealth, not in money, but in people. And we were just like, wow, that is, that's, that's intense, right? Because when you think about a business, you're thinking about you need to make the money, right? <laughs> that's, that's the goal really in life is you make the money. And we thought, you know what? We need to approach it more in kingdom building, building people up, building, you know, just building others up. And when I saw that, you know, still thinking about a name, I was sitting in my office and just had my had my chair back, just kind of leaning back. And I looked up and I had to do this because the book was there and I was like, huh, purpose driven. So I told AJ, I'm like, hey, what about purpose driven agriculture? So that is, we are purpose driven agriculture incorporated, but we do business as purpose driven family farm. That's when we introduced it here in uh, North Carolina. It mm -hmm. was doing business as purpose driven family farm because we were like, this is a family affair. We are going to do things, you know, as a family, it is to uh, bring us closer together and to kind of just work with people. And we have, we have opened it up to veterans. 
Um, if they are ETSing, you know, they're getting out of the army and they're just just not sure what they want to do, mm -hmm. or they want to, you know, continue to just work. It's they come out here and volunteer. That's our way of building, you know, just building the kingdom. Um, those guys are a lot of them are just, you know, AJ's buddies from back when. And there's been several guys from our church that have, they're like, hey, you know what? I need to get busy doing something. And we're like, okay, hey, sure. Free labor? Absolutely. <laughs> Free labor. I love that. <laughs> now, I've noticed a lot of veterans go into farming afterward they get out. Why is that? Why do you think that's becoming more common? You know, it's all about working with their hands. It is, it's almost like a therapy for them. I know um, that's one of the hugest, biggest, most biggest reason I was kind of like, okay, let's do this because AJ found a passion and found it to just be relaxing with everything that he had gone through in the military, you know, with all the things that he, that he um, had almost accumulated basically and being sick and then, you know, cause he medically, he was medically boarded out after mm -hmm. 24 years. So it was his therapy. It was his, you know, downtime and he enjoyed it. He was creating life by, you know, nurturing plants, by taking care of animals. And then I was like, okay, so we need to incorporate all of that and look at it. You know, let's take care of this, the land because the land has been stripped of so much. So mm -hmm. let's care for the land in a natural way. And these guys, you know, it's, it's always been a go, 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 go for them. Mm -hmm. They're always downrange. They're always, you know, just busy, busy. And farming does that. It's, and I tell you, sometimes when I'm stressed out, just going to go with the pigs, it mm -hmm. just takes you in a different perspective. It makes you look at a different perspective in life. And that's the same thing with those guys. I really, you know, just giving life. Yeah, I love that. Now let's talk about what happens when a farmer is sick because farmers don't get sick days. So let's talk about that because I know that's a lot of people are like, what? how do they handle sick days? Because the, the animals still need to be fed, right? There's no sick days. I have been sick before and um, I'm still outside. It's been winter and I've had a cold. Uh, just uh, wrap myself up cover myself up, you know, jacket as it is during wintertime. I'm not, I don't like the cold very much. So I look like the kid from the Christmas story. <laughs> his mama just wrapped them all up. Yep. That's me. And usually all you see is my eyes. So the animals, until they hear my voice they're you know, they get startled, <laughs> but no, there's no sick days. There's absolutely no sick days. I mean, if you, if you're able to have, you know, help, some farm hands, then that is definitely a plus. But if not, no, you just got to keep going out there um, in the rain and the sleet and the snow and the hot, hot days. Yeah, you still keep going. Now, you mentioned you have a business degree. I bet that business degree you're you're is coming in handy right now with farming, correct? No, it is. Um, and when we started with the farm, I struggled because I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I was like, you know, Lord, what in the world? I have this degree, you know, and I had this, <clears throat> this, I don't know, kind of like thought that I was going to be working and um, somewhere else, you know, I don't know, contracting work or something. And um, I was in this um, Bible group. Uh, we were reading this book 
and we were in, um, it was like all, all girls, all women. And I was just like, I'm so stressed out. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, like this is driving me nuts. And I remember her name is Jeannie. <clears throat> she looked at me, she's like, but honey, you have a business degree. I know, and I'm not even using it. I was so stressed out. I'm like, it is just going to waste all those years, all of that money that I spent in school. And she's like, but sweetheart, do you hear what you're doing with the farm and you know you're out there selling and you're out here building and you know you're doing all this administrative stuff you're doing all that and she just went on and on and on and all i could do was just sob i was like oh my goodness you know you're right it's all it, it's all kind of like bundled up um you never know what what god prepares you for until mm -hmm. it just unfolds completely and you're like wow you really have been preparing me for this for a while and just had no idea. And then now you look back and think, I am using my business screen all along. <laughs> you know, it yes. like, always take somebody else pointing it out to you what you're doing for you to finally see what you're doing because you're it always does. in the thick of things. It does. It absolutely does. And, you know, when you have those godly women that are there and they see they are looking from the outside in, but are able to see a lot clearer than you are, um, especially when you are just confused. Um, you know, it's just, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing what good um, godly women can do. I just love that. Now you mentioned your two kids. And so I want to talk about homeschooling, but we're going to take a quick commercial break. Okay. Okay. Hi guys, this is Melissa from Chats from the Block Cabin. Of course, you know who I am. But I am so excited because next Monday, May 31st, I'm teaming up with Christine. Christine was a past guest on Chats from the Block Cabin, but she's coming back on. And we're going to be talking about all things journaling. We're going to be doing a journaling workshop online. So if you literally like to journal and it's Memorial Day weekend, so you, if you're already had enough of the fun in the sun and you want to come out and, and just relax and listen and learn something, then come on live with us and there is a definite 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 plus for coming on live if you come on live and you're commenting interaction interacting and guess what guys you may have a chance to win a giveaway christine has very very generously agreed to give away some of her or one of her journaling books and it doesn't matter which one it's you pick which one you want to do so, guys, this is a great opportunity if you're even thinking about journaling or, you, or you're really big into journaling and you're looking for another journal for journal prompts, then come on live. Um, check us out next Monday at 1 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube, and we will totally get you straight. You guys comment, enter the giveaway, and you'll be able to win a, a journal of your own. And I'm going to tell you right now, you will love Christine's voice. She has such an amazing voice. She's so calming. She's a, she's just one of these great joys, and I'm so glad that she was able to come back on and do a journaling workshop with me. So something new in the blog cabin. We're doing workshops now. So come back next Monday, May 31st at 1 p.m., and we're going to be chatting about journaling, giving away some journal, giving away a journal. Who knows? I may decide to give away something, too. You never know. So you never know what's going to happen in the blog cabin. So hope to see you there. And we're back now on top of all this farming, Sarah, you actually homeschool your kids as well. So let's talk about how you manage homeschooling and farming. And I mean, your, your 
your animal critters children and your real children how do you manage those <laughs> so i do homeschool we are on our sixth year of homeschooling i started when my oldest was four um it's a little challenging i will say <laughs> i think that's the kindest thing I, word i could use um you know i've taught my kids to be very independent um, there's a lot of independent work that I have them do. We focus on um, math, language, spelling, and reading. Those are the classes that I tend to, uh, I'm around for a lot more. Uh, then we have like science and history, and then we have writing because I have them on cursive writing only for their penmanship. Um, I think it's super important, you know, for them to be able to read a document that's written handwriting and not just, you know, regular writing. Um, so they do a lot of those classes on their own. They will listen to it um, and they will do projects on it. And then, you know, if they have questions, they let me know. If I'm outside, they, my daughter will FaceTime me. Oh, and wow. if I'm in the middle of the pigs, I'm like, okay, what is it? You know, what's going on? Oh, I don't understand this. I'm like, okay, so this is what your project said. You know, let's look at it, blah, 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 just really quick. And she's like, okay. And I come inside, I have about three hours blocked off during the day specifically for them. And that is, you know, I'm like, okay, this is, this is all I do. Um, I teach, then they do the worksheets. And then between that, we'll, you know, I answer emails, messages. I have customers who will pick up at the farm during that time as well. And, you know, a house, because mm -hmm still have to do laundry i'm always like man when are they going to invent like you know reuse not just throwing away clothes put it on you get it dirty okay it goes in the trash i'm like because <laughs> <laughs> the clothes all the laundry i'm like oh my word why do you guys have to wear so much clothes <laughs> so what are the ages of your kids now Rebecca is 10. She's going to be 11 in September. My son, my youngest, he is eight. He will be nine in July. Um, so they're able now to kind of help with some of the chores as oh, well, yes. some of the inside chores and the outside chores. My daughter, um, she has, they both have responsibilities. She gets, she's responsible for all the eggs for the duck and the chicken eggs, uh, cleaning up outside, making sure that um, they have water, um, you know, the food is going in the right place, that everything is clean out there. And the inside, the responsible, um, she washes her own laundry. She washes her brother's laundry. Um, the only thing that, you know, the hanging of the clothes, but she'll fold most of their clothes as well. She helps out with that. Um, she sweeps and vacuums for me. Sometimes I come in and she has breakfast already on the table and my coffee made. Wow. And I'm like, wow, okay. She, if she cooks herself breakfast, she makes sure that her brother has eggs or, you know, toast or whatnot, whatever he's wanting. So, um, yeah, she's like a little mini version of me, which is kind of scary. But at the <laughs> same time, it's really amazing that she is, she's able to just scare, you know, she, she, if she's eating, then her brother's eating. And at times, you know, she makes sure that I eat. She'll text me, um, mama, do you need, do you want me to make you breakfast? Do you want me to have coffee ready for you? Do you want me to make you a smoothie? So when I come inside, it's already ready and we can get started with school. Oh, wow. You are raising quite a considerate young lady and I'm sure a young man as well. They are, they're, they're sweet. 
they're sweet. Even though my son is exactly like his father. And sometimes, you know, I'm like, oh man, if I would have had you first, I probably wouldn't have any more children. Um, you would be an only child. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people say about their youngest. Cause that's how I said about mine too. If I had my youngest daughter first, I probably wouldn't have had any more. Not to say she wasn't challenging, but it's just that she's her own little different, total different. Like she's a very creative, free, free thinker and she knows what she likes and she knows what she thinks and you can't change her mind about anything. So. Yes, that is my son, but he loves farming and that's, you know, that's the other thing. Um, it's what he wants to, you know, he loves to be out there planting. So we're kind of molding that and uh, making sure that it is what they want to do. Um, but I always tell them, you know, I want to leave you more than just a good uh, savings account or, you know, a 401k. I want to leave you a legacy of there's more to, you know, to life than just the money part. Um, taking care of, you know, of the farm, knowing where your food comes from, caring for those animals, just showing them love and respect is a different, a different view to the to world. Now, did you ever have ever have because your farm is it's not one of these bigger farms where there's a whole bunch, but you get to know the animals one on one. Do you ever have to have that conversation with your kids? Or I'm sure you probably had it one time where you know these are not pets; these are animals that we're raising for food. Do you ever have that conversation with them? Yes. Early on, uh, my daughter had named two piglets we got uh, cookies and sprinkles. Mm. Um. When we had them harvested, you know, if we had meat, she's like, um, mama, is this cookies or sprinkles? And she just kind of had that look kind of like question. And I was like, you know, it's food. We raised it. Mm -hmm. um, so now we get to harvest, you know, we get to enjoy it. And she had a little bit of a hard time, but we've had long conversations about, you know, the animals. We have some that are just strictly pets. All my breeders, they all have names. And we, they have an understanding that, you know, you guys like meat, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Isn't it great that we know where it's coming from? Like, yeah. I was like, okay. Because a lot of kids these days think that all the meat comes from the grocery store. They don't realize it comes like you have to get vegetables from a garden or you get meat from a cow or a chicken or a pig or, you know, they don't think about that. All they see is what they see in the grocery store and they're like, wow, that really happens. And they're just, their eyes are like so light up when they find out, Ooh, that was a cow that was living a little <laughs> while ago. I can't believe that, you know, it is. Um, that was, you know, huge reason why we wanted, uh, we went into kind of like wanting to grow even before we decided to get into this business side of farming. It was to show our kids when we were in, in Hawaii, we had, we were raised in tilapia. My kids knew that if they wanted fish, it's like, hey, grab a fishing pole, go outside, get the fish you want. And they were like, oh, okay. The same thing with, you know, tomatoes or just herbs and things that we had growing. It's They saw it grow. We started it from the seed and it was like, okay, this is how it, this is how it works, guys. This is how we're, what we're doing. And they were really small, but they remember those things, you know, of, we ate tilapia, we ate fish. We don't eat fish very often now because mm -hmm. we're not growing them ourselves. And, you know, we're, tilapia has a bad rep, <laughs> but if you raise them the right way, it's a really good fish. Um, and, you know, the same thing with here, with our garden, the kids are very involved. 
there I'm like, okay, let's go pick weeds because we don't spray. So it's, you know, you have to manually pick weeds, pick the bugs off the plants. And with my kids, sometimes you have to, Rebecca, she is, um, I can't grow strawberries because she will go in the garden and kind of hide and just pick all the strawberries off the plant and eat them. <laughs> Girl after my own heart. <laughs> that kid and just, you know, tomatoes as well. It's, it's like, go pick the cherry tomatoes. And then all of a sudden you look at her and she's, her mouth is full of, I'm like, you know, we're supposed to be picking, not eating them all. She's like, well, you know, I pick some and then I eat one. Okay. Um, but that's yeah. integrating your homeschooling as well because that's science for them as well. Yes, correct? absolutely. The same thing with the animals. Um, you know, we, we have a breeding program or I have a breeding program. So I have all the piglets are born here. Um, we do our own castration. And so I, you know, we're teaching the health about, you know, what the pig is, you know, the body of the, the piglet, if one of them gets sick or, you know, if it's cold season, you know, they're prone to get a cold, they're mm -hmm. prone to get pneumonia. And it's like, okay, this is what we're doing. We need to care for the piglet, um, bringing, you know, we've brought several piglets inside the house Wow. and they're in, we have a little box, we put them by the fire. Um, my kids will give them, we'll feed them with a baby bottle. We have formula that's specifically for the pigs. <laughs> I have pictures of AJ sleeping on the floor and the piglet right here. Oh man. <laughs> and we're just like, oh man, this is, yeah. I mean, we, you know, it's, it is definitely them teaching and uh, showing compassion, you know, mm -hmm. and having empathy to these animals that not everyone does. Mm -hmm. um, when we're driving down the highway and we see a truck and by no means is this, you know, like speaking ill or bad uh, because everyone does farming differently, you know, but they'll look at those chickens and then, you know, they'll ask mama, do you think that they had a good life? Do you think that they, you know, they've enjoyed the outdoors and mm -hmm. played out there? And I'm, I don't know, hon, I'm not sure. Cause you know, I'm like, man, I don't, cause they'll look at them and they, you know, it's, it's a different, it's the same chicken, the same breed, but ours are velociraptors chasing us in the yard. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a whole different view of them. Now, with ch there's challenges with every farm, but what are the challenges for each individual? Like you just talked about the pigs being like, they're very susceptible to pneumonia when they get a cold and things like that. What are the challenges for each one of the animals that you, that you raise? So um, the pigs, yeah, they're susceptible to uh, to getting cold, especially during the winter. And of course, we tend to have lots of the girls, you know, give birth or they're giving birth and there's a huge rainstorm. You're like, fantastic. I'm so glad you decided to go into birth when there's, you know, mm -hmm. a huge hurricane coming through or something. Um, it, you know, the, that and worming the worms, we do naturally, I naturally treat them for that. Um, with chickens, they, the heat, the heat is not good for them. Um, so you have to make sure that their water is, you know, always clean water. We have, I put a lot of ice in their water. Um, we do a lot of just like uh, apple, uh, apple cider vinegar in there. So just kind of like heat helps them stay nice and um, hydrated almost. I do, um, there is this, it's almost like Gatorade, but it's just, uh, it's a powder to help them hydrate. 
to stay hydrated during the summer, especially. We do that a lot. Uh, all the chickens, all the turkeys. The turkeys are the ones that we have the hardest time because they get stuck anywhere. <laughs> it's. I'm always like, how did you guys get stuck? How is it that you're hurt? You know, they'll poke their head through just anything. You're like, wow. And then they get, they frantic and they'll flap themselves to death. Mm. Um, another thing is just predators. Yeah. You know, there's possums, there's raccoons, there's hawks. We've had, for the longest time, we had coyote problems. And um, they just come on property and snatch. I've watched them snatch ducks and chickens. And I'm like, oh, if I could just wow. get a hold of you, I would kill you. <laughs> wow. But yeah, you know, that's really the biggest thing is just the, the sun um the turkeys don't do well in the cold season unless they're big but they're, they're babies they need to be indoors uh or if you have them outside just really covered up with a heat lamp but there's always i tell everyone um we've hi just hired on to extra help for the farm this summer and you know one of the things like okay guys there's one thing about livestock farming there's always death Mm -hmm. there's always something you know something's gonna happen and some of those chickens you will see them all great you might be playing with one and tomorrow you know you just might found it that mm -hmm. yeah you know we have to be able to accept that we have to understand that that's just part of life um you know of course we're going to be sad about it but we have to get we have to move on past it um yeah it's it's a lot sometimes to, you know, because you have to explain death and then understanding it and it just being part of what, you know, part of this, the cycle of life. Yep. So why is it important that we buy from local farmers and support local farmers? Because, you know, I'm a big advocate of support, obviously, because I drove an hour and a half and you're not local to me, but of supporting local farmers and not these big conglomerations. You know, I think last year was a great example of why we need to support local farmers um, when everything just shut down. All of those, you know, big farms, they could not get their pigs in to get processed. They could not get their chickens to get harvested anywhere. We were, we had to step up because we're in a small scale. Mm -hmm. We are able to do a lot more. And granted, our prices are a lot different than, you know, if you go to, if you buy from, you know, the grocery stores, but that's because we are tiny compared to these, you know, these big farms and it's us. We don't, we don't have other people that's going to, you know, care for our animals. So it's like all the investment is all on us. Um, last year, like I said, it was the most, the best example of why local farmers are just such, such an amazing part of, you know, and why we should support every single one of them. And not just in us, but, you know, just like mm -hmm. all our friends that are farming, um, when everything was closing down, you know, all these farmers just like, oh, hey, I have all of this. You know, I'm going to open up the farm. You guys can come pick up. And no one went hungry. You know, it's the grocery store might have been empty, but guess what? The farmer from down the street has a farm stand and it, it just kept it going. And that's what's going to keep the economy going um, is that local farm because you invest in us. We just put it right back in. It's not like, you know, it's being sent anywhere else or um, expanding. No, it's right here 
in that same little town that you're in or in that, even just in the state itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just fresh. Yes, yeah. fresh. Fresh. I cannot tell you how many times we will harvest chicken the day before the market and we take it and it's like, so it's not fully frozen. It's, you know, I always tell people, it's like, it's not fully frozen. It's been maybe, you know, in the in the freezer for maybe six hours or something because we had just finished it. Um, the freshness of it. There is nothing like fresh meat. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like it. I think that when we went, we got pork chops. No, we got spare ribs, excuse me, pork ribs, chorizo. And I think I, I even messaged you and said, my husband said it was the best tasting chorizo that he'd ever had. And he Aww. talked about how it reminded him of Mexico. Aww. And I, my middle daughter went de- went to town on those ribs. She said, they're some of the best ribs ever. And she doesn't normally like ribs, but she was like, Ugh. and she basically could eat a whole slab by herself. And she's just too tiny, so... That's awesome. You know, that's like the biggest thing that we we find such joy in when people tell us it reminds us of home. And it's just like, that's like the best thing that anyone can tell me is it reminds you at home. It takes you back to a place where, you know, things were in a way almost simple. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just home. Home is home. And that's what makes people happy. You know, just being home, we have a, a Portuguese sausage. It's a Portuguese, mm-hmm. but it's Hawaiian style sausage. And I've had so many, so many Hawaiians. They come and they're all, they'll ask, how legit is that sausage? I'm like, well, I do get the seasoning. You know, it gets shipped to me from Hawaii. And it's through NOH of Hawaii. And it gets mixed up with our meat. You know, we use our meat. And sure enough, the next day, oh, my word. It just took me back home. I thank you so much. It was, you know, the Aloha and the Ohana. Just it just talks about just family, and I'm like, I love it. Absolutely, absolutely love it. That one thing can take you back, and just you know, fill those memories back up. Now you mentioned you get the the seasonings from Hawaii. Do you process your own meat, or do you take it to a processor? So within the state of North Carolina, there are laws for it. Um, for all big animals, we are um, we have to take them to a either USDA or NCDA inspected facility. Are we are licensed to do poultry in house? Um, AJ has been licensed through um, the NCDA department, and um, so he does all the chicken, all the turkey, and the ducks. Anything else as far as like pigs, goats, sheep, or cows, if we do it ourselves, is for our own consumption. Um, we need to have a proper labeling for all our meats, and we are inspected a few times a year where we actually have an inspector that will come on property um, and you know check our freezer, check our labels, make sure that we're doing everything the right way. Um, and we have meat handlers license uh, just to make sure that everything is trackable. And see, a lot of people don't realize that you have all these processes you have to go through to oh, yeah. be a farmer. All, all I'm thinking, oh, well, just be a farmer. I'm just going to go buy a couple of cows and I'm going to go butcher myself and sell the meat. But you can't do it, can you? Mm-hmm. No, you can't. There's um, there's a lot of laws. There's a lot of steps in order to, uh, you know, to be able to resell that meat. Um, I remember our first two piglets, uh, Mirta and Rosita. My, I, was, I didn't eat pork. I hadn't eaten pork in about 12, 12 to 13 years. 
and uh, my body just not did not respond well to it. I don't know why, but anything that I would buy from the store or if I ate it in the restaurant, it was like my gallbladder was like, no, that's a negative. You can't eat this. And I raised those two piglets and oh my word, I was just, it was so much work, especially when you don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. They were picky. They didn't just like any food. I went through like five different foods, bags of feed. I'm like, okay, this feed. And they would just look at me like, no, I'm not going to eat this. <laughs> and I was like, oh my word. I went through to every local store in the area. I'm like, what do you feed pigs? What do pigs like? No, they'll eat anything. I'm like, not these two piglets. They look at me like I'm crazy when I'm giving them food. <laughs> but you know, I raised those two and I was still really apprehensive to try the meat. And my grandmother was like, you raise these animals, you know what they consume, you know the whole process, you need to try it. I did and I was able to consume it. So with that, we, were, we took them to go get them processed. And I had, I had told the processor, I'm like, okay, these are, this is for resale. Um, do you need to see our license? You know, we're, we were trying to get our meat handler's license. And we were just, we're like, okay, we're, we need to get this vacuum sealed. I need, I need, you know, all their information on there. And he said, okay, okay. All right. All right. And I'm like, okay, great. Awesome. Super excited because I ended up having to be the one to drive those pigs to the processor as well. Cause of course, AJ had some work meeting. And here I am driving on 301, like stressed out because I've never driven livestock. But they were processed and then they were not vacuum sealed. They were wrapped up on butcher paper. I couldn't resell that. So that I had 400 pounds of pork. Wow. 400 pounds of pork that I was not able to resell because it was not properly labeled it was not properly, you know, uh, sealed in bags or anything. And we had to learn the hard way that, you know, okay, obviously we're not doing this again. Um, and in order for you to get your meat handler's license, you do need to process and you need to show them what you're doing pretty much. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to see the meat. They need to see, it needs to be in a clear, pla a clear bag so that the meat is visible. And that's just to ensure that there's, uh, you know, nothing is bad on the meat or anything like that. But yeah, that was a very expensive lesson that um, I was not aware of <laughs> pretty much until, you know, it happened. You were probably eating pork for the whole year. We gave away a lot. If there was a function at church, like, hi, um, I have meat. I will bring the meat. <laughs> Consider the meat taken care of. And they were like, okay. I'm like, yeah considered it handled. Um, and then one of the storms came, one of those hurricanes, and we were hit pretty hard. So we lost a good chunk of meat during those storms because mm -hmm. we lost power for about seven days. So it, we weren't prepared for it. Again, part of the farming is, you know, having a lot of things prepared. And yeah, we weren't. We didn't think that a storm <laughs> hit us as bad and um, no generators. And, you know, we we're kind of at the mercy of, the power company. Yeah. So let's talk about how you prep for a hurricane because farmers got to prep for, especially in North Carolina and Eastern North Carolina, you have to prep for hurricanes because there's at least one or two a year. And sometimes they skirt by, but sometimes they come in and they just stay. Yes. So prepping for hurricanes. Um, for us, 
I prep with making sure that all my animals have shelters. Everyone has, needs to have a dry spot. Uh, they get moved if I know that that area floods and there's a, you know, there's a possibility of flooding, I will move them. And they will all just kind of hunker down all together if I have to. Shelters, a lot of straw, just to make sure that they have a dry place to, you know, to sleep. Um, they'll eat just about anywhere, but their totes need to make sure, I always make sure that the, their totes are clean, even with their water. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to drink dirty water. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to have my animal drink dirty water. Sometimes I will fill their water up and it's like, they'll jump in the bowl. I'm like, guys, really? Like, <laughs> what I'm going to go for a swim. <laughs> but we prep that way. Everyone has to have a proper shelter. Our barn is needs to be prepped with extra straw and just like extra feed. Um, I always like to have extra feed in, um, on hand in the event that we get stuck uh, around here and, you know, we can't go anywhere. Um, so that, and then we need to have extra fuel. Mm. Every single uh, gas can needs to be full. Every single one of them. Both of the vehicles need to be full. We need to make sure that all trailers are in a higher ground in the event that we need to, you know, we need to do any, we, we need to move anything, um, especially the livestock trailer. Uh, we like to have Gen we have generators now. We did um, just add solar panels on the property last year. Um, we are going to be adding the Generac uh, generators to go along with it, and that's where we can just have them any you know all the time basically. Um, but we do have two additional generators: one for the main house, and then one for our freezer house. We have a, a house in the back of the property, and that's where all our freezers are. And that is that cannot go without any no. power. No. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, because then you would lose way. I mean, I would think that you would rather have the house lose power before you, even though it's miserable in North Carolina during a hurricane and the the heat. But I assume that you would rather have the house lose power than the freezer house. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. no. Um, it would be like we'll suck it up. Um, all generators will go to the back. <laughs> they all need to power all the freezers. Um, but just making sure we have fuel. Uh, we I like to have extra water just in case. So we lost water for about three days during one of the hurricanes. So we had no water, no power. So we have a well on the property. But, you know, unless there's power, you can't work the well. <laughs> um, I have a pool. Well, the kids have a pool and we filled it up to the top with just water in the event we, you know, we lose water, at least we have all that water to haul to the animals. Mm -hmm. um, and just extra food for us. And then, but you know, mainly for the animals. I have, sometimes the barn, it looks kind of crazy because I'll have sacks upon sacks of feed and you know, it's like, hey, listen, in the event something happens, I gotta make sure that these guys are gonna stay put because, yeah they'll riot those pigs will riot and then be like i want to be fit i want to be fed it's like i want some of that good stuff <laughs> it's like we want the 24-hour buffet not the the little breakfast menu the continental yes. breakfast we want the full breakfast well you know and when it rains so much they don't really in it you know if it rains a lot they don't want to be out eating all of the pasture they want to stay dry um so it's you can have all the the grass you want, but it's like if it's pouring down, they're just hunkered down in a, a dry spot. And then they'll come out when you're feeding them feed and then go back in. They're like, mm, 
yeah, I don't want to be in this rain. It's not something I enjoy. I'm like, okay, guys. That is so funny. Now, our time is almost up. Is there one last nugget that you want to share with people to talk about, you know, to open people's eyes about farmers and especially small farms? Oh, man. It's definitely nonstop work. Um, and, you know, we try to be as transparent as possible with, with our practices. I think, like, that's the biggest thing. It's just being honest and transparent. Um, so when anyone goes up to, like, especially our table, I will gladly tell you everything. This is what we do with the animals. This is what I don't do. And I, it's a personal preference, but it is a lot of work. Um, I respect every single farmer out there because I never knew what it really was all about until now that I'm in those shoes and I walk in those shoes, you know, in those muck boots, I'm walking in those muck boots and it's like, wow, there's a whole level of respect um, for these guys that are out there. And it's just, if we, if we're telling you we're doing something, it's because we're absolutely doing it. And we believe that honesty is, you know, honesty is the biggest factor, but integrity mm -hmm. is huge. And I will, I know us, our farm, and as well as other farmers that are around, our integrity is not something we ever want to lose. That is just, you know, what we carry on every day. It's our integrity and knowing for people knowing that we are who we are. Yep, that's so true. And guys, where tell people where they can find you at. So we are on Sundays. We're at Durbeck Ales, the brewery in uh, Fayetteville. Um, I am at a market in Carolina Lakes every other Friday. There's a new market that Jenny Bell is actually starting in Fayetteville. It's called the District uh, Summer Market. That's It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. It's going to be at the Festival Park. Uh, it starts June 3rd. Uh, it's a Thursday, so it's going to be a Thursday market from 4 to 8, um, from June to August. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. We're looking forward to that one. But our main market is Dirtback Ales. We absolutely love the brewery. And just it's so mm -hmm. much fun because it's a family setting. It's not just, you know, for adults. Kids are welcome. Dogs are welcome. My children are always running around um, just having a ball with their market friends. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, the one thing about Dirtbag Gales, too, is they have napkins right there yes. at the, the restaurant. And he goes and sources the market for what he's going to prepare that day. So you never know what's going to be on the menu because he sources from all the farmers. Yes, it's amazing. Brian is the the owner and he does such an awesome job. He's doing uh, every Sunday. He tries to focus. He features every farmer and, or the farm. And um, I mean, he just they just come up with such awesome things um our farm has been featured several times and we're just always like in awe with what they're creating uh was like two weeks ago they took uh some belly they make tostadas with it and then they drizzled honey and i'm like you guys what in the world this is like this is amazing you're like give me the recipe <laughs> <laughs> i was like my word this is so good we ended up getting it's like i always do that out buy extra and when we get home i'm like okay this is dinner guys because i'm not cooking we've been at the market all day now it's time to take care of the animals and after that it's hunker down and um watch movies or something just to kind of get ready for the week yeah so where can people find you on social media we are on facebook facebook.com slash pd family farm on instagram the same thing we also have a website uh, www.purpose-driven-family-farms. Uh, we do 
ordering online, pick up at the farm. I have it open between Tuesdays and Saturdays um, and then order and pick up at the market as well. Um, and then just, I, I'm always posting things in our uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm a lot better at posting at Facebook and Instagram than I am on our website. Um, just because I can just, you know, quickly take a picture and just post it and not have mm -hmm. to get on my desktop and, you know, do all of this stuff. And I'm like, Oh my word, this is, this is intense. But the Facebook is just so easy to just post mm -hmm. a funny picture. I just posted a picture of our dog and it was late at night and he was making faces on the window. And I was like, you're crazy. Just to get, <laughs> And he has a sweet dog too. That dog is so he sweet. He is. He's a ham. He he looks like a beast. And you know, when you're on the outside of the fence, um, he will act like a beast. But the minute that you come in, it's like, okay. So if my if if she's letting you in, that means that I'm gonna be kind to you. But I cannot tell you how many times people have come to the gate and it's funny because he will just jump up on the gate and he's so big people get startled, you know, they're, it's like, he's going to eat them alive. And I'm like, well, don't get close to the fence. You never know. There's that polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on and for agreeing to chat. Finally, I was been like, I want you, I want you on. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. <laughs> and you said, you finally said yes. And you scheduled, I sent you the link and you scheduled it. And I want to thank you for coming on and sharing about your forum because I honestly say that the first time that I met your whole family at the farmer's market, I just felt this connection with you. And I was like, you know what? I, I really need to support this farm. Thank you so much for having us. I'm so glad that we finally did this. I know between, well, my schedule is uh, crazy. Um, and then, you know, today we're hosting Dirtbag Ales at the farm. So we're prepping, uh, we're having a Korean feast. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Um, we, our Mondays are a little free and they're off on Mondays. So they're going to be here. We're just going to enjoy uh, the farm and just kind of hang out together. So guys, remember support a local farmer anywhere you're at. And I want to thank you so much for coming on. You have my heart and I got a feeling I'm going to make a trip to Fayetteville pretty soon. Awesome. To you. <laughs> it sounds great. Anytime, you know, you could just pull in. Yep. So guys, we will see you on the next chat from the block cabin. Bye. Y'all, nothing else. Please go and support a local farmer. It could be a strawberry farmer. It could be someone that has an apple orchard. Anything. Just support a local farmer because, like Sarah said, it gives back to the local economy. I want to thank you guys for being part of the podcast family. Please like, leave a rating and review wherever you listen to it on. Um, subscribe as well. Go to YouTube and then hit that subscribe button for Chats from the Blog Cabin. And most importantly, be blessed and remember, keep chatting.